wonderful. You get the song. A quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Tom Shapiro, and it rhymes. Awesome, awesome. Thank you. I, I hope you're not expecting me to sing throughout today's episode. <laughs> well, if, if you're inspired, you may sing. Lauren Baker sang back to me. Uh, he invented a song and it was absolutely delightful. Um, and in fact, what he managed to do was weave what I had said during the program into his song at the end. So that was pretty smart. Nice. So there's the challenge for you today. All right. right. Let's start with your brand setup. I always start with the brand setup and I've been looking you up. I Googled your name. And as you can see, as you probably already know, Tom Shapiro, very common name, lots of famous people with the name. You get one small presence there with your photo, which is already pretty good going, given your name. And then I looked on your video vertical on the next slide and you get top spot. Thanks to us. Nice, nice, beautiful. Stefan Bajayo was in, uh, was passing the baton, and the passing the baton, interesting enough, because it's trending and because it's uh, newsworthy, I hope, and because it's recent, often gets to the top of those lists, especially with our tweets. Uh, so there you go. Stefan got you to the top of your own video lists. Thank you, Stefan. Fantastic. Now, on with Rethink Lead Generation. The first thing I thought was, I haven't even thought about it, so I'm not rethinking it, I'm just thinking it. <laughs> right. So, so the, the thing is, yeah, with, with lead generation, uh, you know, we specifically speak to B2B companies. And for a right. B2B company, you know, leads are the lifeblood of, of the business, right? That's how you generate revenue. And... Uh, Jason, what we were seeing is a lot of boring lead generation out there by B2B companies. We were seeing a lot of mediocre yeah. marketing. And so, you know, I felt like, um, it, there was a need to write a book about how to rethink lead generation, uh, to kind of spice it up a bit. Oh, right. Have you got your book just behind you that? Yes. There you go. This is, this is my opportunity to plug. <laughs> so let's see if I can get this in the camera. Yep. There we go. Brilliant. Okay. Cause. From, from my perspective, I need to read that, but do you think I need to think about lead generation before I rethink it, or can I just rethink it straight away? You can just rethink it straight away. So, you know, what a lot of people do when, when they start thinking about lead generation is they just go to what is described as best practices. And the, there's a problem with that. You know, to me, best practices are, are dead end because essentially what you're doing is you know, you're, you're going to be a copycat brand in a sea of sameness with all of your competitors. Uh, right. you know, yes, maybe uh, a few firms can be very original in the beginning, but then if everyone is doing the same exact best practices, uh, and adhering to the same best practices, then, you know, you're, you're, you've lost a lot of differentiation. And so the book goes on to explain how you should really look towards extreme creativity and lateral thinking, thinking differently, marketing innovation to really unleash growth. But I mean, from my perspective, copying what everybody else does without adding something original of your own is always going to lead to kind of minimum, minimum performance uh, at best. So this is absolutely no different. I mean, lead generation, first of all, can you really quickly just go through what those normal best practices are? Because then I can learn that before I start thinking about how to change them. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so a lot of, of what, what you read about or what the media is hyping is for instance, you need to do this in LinkedIn or that in LinkedIn, right? Yeah. Um, or, you know, this is what you need to do with your email marketing, or this is what you need to do with your, with your SEO. 
Uh, and I, I'll use LinkedIn as, as a good example. So with LinkedIn, I, and Jason, I'm sure you, you get hit with this as well. I, I get inundated with pitches every single day. And I would say that about 90% of them are the same. And they go straight for the jugular. They go immediately for the cell. It's stunning. And you're just going, even, I mean, I just close them, but um, I, I don't see the point because I can't see how that ever hits home. Exactly. Exactly. And so it's very clear that they're all templatized, that they're being sent out mm. to thousands and thousands of people. There's nothing customized about it. In fact, I received one yesterday and I'm not lying. It said, Tom, have you ever thought about writing a book? <laughs> I think I got the exact same one to be honest with you because I've written a book too. So they obviously yeah, haven't right. done their research. I have your book. <laughs> oh, right. Brilliant. Wonderful. I'll get, I better get yours then. Hey. <laughs> so, so, you know, what, what, what I find is that there's a lot of, uh, mass production going on where it's, yes, you can efficiently reach a lot of people, but nothing is customized. They don't understand what our needs are. They don't understand what our pain points are. They don't understand what our goals are. And if someone would just take a step back and really analyze what, what is going to resonate most with us and then craft a personalized message to us, we would absolutely respond. But if we're getting these types of canned messages where it could have been sent to any one of thousands of companies and uh, thousands of people, uh, you know, it's just, it's a huge turnoff. And yeah. so that's what I mean by a, a lot of the best practices, you know, I'm sure there's some guru out there or some master class is teaching these techniques because I, you know, I see it all the time. I see it all the time. So someone is absolutely teaching this, but, um, it's not effective at all. And so that's why it's really critical to rethink lead generation because right. that, that, that's, that's the real way to, uh, to, to, to resonate more deeply. It's, it's the way to right. drive people to the actions that matter most. I mean, yeah, I mean, kind of the, the press practices say, I'm going to find my target audience only use LinkedIn because it identifies them incredibly well. And I'm just going to throw as many emails or as many messages at these people as possible on the assumption that half a percent will stick and that's enough for me to make a living. Um, the, the other thing that strikes me about it is even if it is well-crafted to me, if I've never seen the person before, I would tend also just to switch off unless it's incredibly convincing. Yeah. Yeah. So the way that we like to approach lead generation is looking at it as relationship building. So you earn right. the person's trust. And so the entire book is all about organic methods for lead generation. Uh, we don't believe in paying to play. We don't believe in paying for a click, you know, that's renting your audience, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of renting, we, we really want to earn their trust. And so, you know, if you think about it, something like technology, something like, um, uh, you know, how long you've been in business or how big you are, anything like that. These are all things that competitors can easily uh, match or beat any technology company. For example, you know, right. how, how long are they the, the leading edge at some point, someone is going to leapfrog you. And so what we argue is creativity is the only thing, the only, literally the only thing in your business that cannot be commoditized. And so, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Jason. No, no, just before we come to creativity, uh, I was talking to Joseph uh, Sherman a few weeks ago about um, outreach and PR and journalists. And he was saying basically the same thing yeah. is you need to stand out. You need to be original. You need to understand the other person's point of view. You need to understand their needs. And he was saying you need to understand what their editor is asking for and what their deadlines are and what the subjects they need to write about are. 
and approach it from that perspective. Um, and he was saying, let's look at it like lead generation. So this is absolutely perfect as a kind of segue for me. So you need to personalize, you need to understand the other person, you need to build a relationship. I just wanted to focus on building a relationship before we go on to creativity. What does that involve? Do you have to be best friends? (laughs) No, you you do not need to be best friends, but you do need to understand who they are, what they're trying to achieve. What are their goals? What are their objectives? What are their main pain points? Uh, What are they worrying about on Sunday evening, right? Heading into the week. What's, What's that little pit in their stomach? You need to understand that. You don't need to understand things like how many children they have or, you know, how old are they or things like, you know, that, you know, that type of information doesn't help you understand what they're trying to achieve. But if you can really focus in on their psychology around, uh, their, their goals and their pain points, that's where it's, it's really very, very effective. And again, the more that you can apply creativity, apply innovation, apply lateral thinking to this, uh, it, it, it can help you build stronger and stronger relationships. I'll, I'll give you an example. So we, we took on a client, uh, last year where they did not have a CRM database at all. So we were okay. dealing with zero contacts. Uh, and so we said, okay, well, uh, and, and they were trying to reach the C-suite. And so we said, well, look, you know, you can't email your way towards the C-suite and expect any results. What we need to do instead is something that's much more engaging and much more value-driven. You're going to provide a massive amount of value for these CEOs and these COOs. And Mm. so what we did was we organized an executive briefing. So it was exclusive to these these higher-level executives, right? And we're providing a massive amount of value in a very short period of time, knowing that executives can't sit on an hour long webinar or something like that. And then what we did was we provided them a mechanism to book meetings right then and there on the screen during the executive briefing. So there's no follow-up. There's no, oh, we'll send you an email and just hope and pray that something happens. You enact action right then and there, because that, that is aligned to the way that an executive operates. They're highly focused in short bursts, right? And so right. for those 20 minutes, those 30 minutes that you have them, you know, book the meeting right then and there. Don't follow up later. Right. Brilliant. Absolutely. Uh, uh, I, I saw that Vimeo does that, that you can, with Vimeo, you can have uh, things come up on the stream. So I've actually got the account now and I'm thinking about going down that route. But my other question was, in fact, what did you share with them during this executive super duper meeting? It wasn't your product. It was something that's helpful to them outside of your product. So it was both. It was sharing uh, this revolutionary technology of our client, but then also explaining the implications for them, that, talking about the ROI, talking about uh, the implications for infrastructure and replacing uh, lots of different parts um, in their plants. And so it was really getting to the, the business decisions that they have to make and the business drivers, it was revenue and ROI and costs and things like that, rather than getting stuck in the technical details of their technology. I, I, you know, I've been in marketing for a really long time. And I, one thing that, that um, I see over and over with technology companies is they just focus on talking about their technology. That yeah. is not why people buy from them. That's not why a B2B buyer is going to buy from a company. It's not because the technology is cool or good or better than others. It's because it solves a problem better or because it helps them achieve their objectives better. And so 
with the, with the executive briefing, it was totally focused on that. Right. Okay. Brilliant. So that's one example of creativity. Um, give me another example, because I'm, I'm looking for ideas as well, because we've got the CaliQ Pro SaaS platform. I'm trying to do this outreach for the first time and actually kind of creating that value. Um, is is something that we're trying to do. We're probably not doing it very well. The other thing we don't have is a CRM. So that's my first mistake that we're going to have to resolve tomorrow morning. Um, what other ideas can you throw at me that we could use? Yeah, sure. And, and actually, let me just close out the the prior story with some results for you. So, All right. the, so, the, so the, you know, we did the executive briefing at, without a CRM to begin with. So we had to start building their contact database. Uh, within eight weeks, we had a hundred people on board for the executive briefing, a hundred executives. Um, and nice. the client is telling us now that they're so inundated with leads. They're, they're asking us to slow down. And mm -hmm. so that, that's what we mean by building relationships, right? You know, you, you align the type of marketing and the type of lead gen that it is based on who they are. In this case, it was executives short on time, right? Needing mm -hmm. a lot of business value. So, so, um, so very, very successful, but if we had simply spammed them with templatized messages, we would have gotten nowhere. But how did you actually reach out to them and contact them if you didn't do it through LinkedIn spamming techniques of sending templated, um, you got hundred people. How did you get hundred people one by one contacting them? So yes, well, well, one, yes, one by one contacting them. Yes. Um, so the way that we found them was, uh, you know, you can find them in LinkedIn, you can find them through associations, you can find them online. Uh, so the act of finding them was relatively straightforward, as long as you know who you're targeting, as long as you have a niche that you're targeting, it's relatively straightforward. There's lots of software out there that helps you uncover people's email addresses. And so that's what right. we used and, uh, and, and that's, that's how it worked. Brilliant. Wonderful. No, great. No, okay. I'm, I'm thinking about all the things we can do and. Tomorrow, my team is going to be terribly inundated with new ideas and they're going to hate me. They're probably going to hate you too, which, which is fair. Um, also what are the brilliant ideas? Yeah, sure. Sure. So yeah, let's, let's talk about a different idea. Uh, I kick off the book, a uh, rethink lead generation with this story of Ginger Shimp, who is a brilliant marketer at uh, the software company, SAP. She's the global content lead. So she's in, in charge of content at SAP and, uh, SAP is a very large software company and they target about 25 different verticals, right? So, right. you know, healthcare or aviation or whatever it might happen to be. So 25 verticals. So historically what they had done was they would pick two or three of the most relevant verticals, and then they would create all of their content for their content marketing to target those verticals. And they would just prioritize. And then she and her team came upon the topic of digital transformation and they said, wow, we can't, we can't prioritize because this is just as applicable to all 25 verticals. And so how can we reach all 25 verticals with the same message? Right. Well, I've got the same problem with brand SERPs and knowledge panels. It applies not just to 25 verticals, but every single vertical in the world. So right. I've got that problem, but multiplied by a gazillion. So what do I do? So what yeah. do they do so that I can then steal the idea and do it myself? <laughs> it's a great idea to steal. So. They developed what they call a digital chop shop. So what that means is, <laughs> what that means is that they would create one core piece of content. Uh, in this case, it was a white paper and then they would take 80% of it and apply it to all the different verticals, but then they would customize 20% for every single vertical. Mm. So it enabled them to scale massively. Then they said, okay, well, 
how can we do the same thing, but in different content formats? So in other words, take that same type of 80-20 approach to scaling and create infographics and create reports and press releases and presentations uh, and videos and podcasts and TED Talks and on and on and on. In total, Jason, they created 650 pieces of snackable content targeting 25 different verticals. And you might say, okay, well, did it work? And, and it did in spades. They generated $23 million US in pipeline from this one campaign. And so obviously they've replicated this over and over and over again through the years. Brilliant. Actually, I, I'm sorry, while you were saying, I was thinking of the, the things we can do and Katrina is going to be terribly pleased because one of them is the uh, checklist for brand SERPs and the checklist for knowledge panels that would fit exactly into that because it is 80% exactly the same thing with 20% that we can personalize for each different vertical and then allow people to, to download it and also providing data. Uh, Lawrence, a tool from Authoritaf once suggested to me that we could use the Cadicoo Pro database and provide that segmented data by industry. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. To, Absolutely. Uh, people, and I've already got the data. I've just got to package it in a way that makes it snackable and useful. Thank you very much. That's um, already <laughs> too many ideas for tomorrow. Um, but I mean, and this is, so we, we've, we've got, I mean, my biggest problem here, sorry, is not so much creating the content, but actually getting to the people. Um, and, you know, obviously there are tools out there to, to find the emails or to contact them through LinkedIn. My question then is, how do I build a relationship? What approach should I be taking if I'm emailing somebody cold to get them into this snappable content or the brilliant event that I've created? Yeah. So uh, again, it comes back to understanding their psychology, understanding their, their, their goals, you know, what matters most to them and connecting with them on a one-to-one human basis. I'll give you an example. So, uh, one of the services that we provide is account-based marketing, ABM. And so, you know, I have an entire chapter in the book, all about how you can use account-based marketing for better lead generation. Now, keep in mind, this only works if your price point is high enough, because if your price point is, is really tiny, then uh, you know, it, it costs too much in terms of investment of effort and resources in order for this to pay off. But as long as your price point is at a certain level, what you do is you flip the funnel. And so instead of inbound marketing, where you have no idea who might contact you today or tomorrow or the next day, with ABN, you know exactly who's going to contact you. Who's, or at least who's going to be in touch with your brand. And what I mean by that is you're going to wave a magic wand and you're going to select your ideal future clients. So if you could pick your next 100 or 200 or 300 ideal accounts, or let's say you have an account that's an enterprise and you want to expand within that enterprise into other divisions, works the same exact way. And so what you do is you target those specific individuals who make up your wish list and you reach out to them repeatedly over and over and over every single month, oftentimes, usually multiple times a month. And what you're doing is you're customizing in any way that you can. So that might be audience segmentation. It might be by role. uh, It might be by geography. It totally depends on what's appropriate for you. But uh, I'll give you an example of this where, uh, you know, when, when the pandemic hit, uh, our video partner, uh, their name is Rewatchable. They um, they were hit hard by the pandemic. They, you know, business dried up because no one wanted to 
create videos anymore because it used right. to be it used pre-pandemic you were, you would go on site you would be in person you'd have lots of people on set and so their business completely dried up and they were panicking and so uh, i talked to them about the power of abm and what they did was they started reaching out to different accounts with customized videos and the videos were 100 customized for each Ooh. Each company, each account that they were reaching out. Sorry, to. I wasn't interrupting. I am now, but I wasn't <laughs> interrupting. I was going, ooh, because I just had another idea. So my team are going to hate me even more than they did before. So yes, carry on. So individual, really well-made videos, two specific people, totally bespoke and personalized. Exactly, exactly. And so I'll give you an example. You know, for, for certain uh, accounts, uh, they simply had a talking head speaking to the, to the issues of the day. And then uh, to another account, they had already been producing certain videos for that account. And so what they did was they recreated the background. So it looked like the exact same background. It was in a lab. It was a scientific lab. And so they recreated the scientific lab and made it look like they were shooting their video for this account in their lab, in the client's lab. And they said, see, we can do anything, even with the pandemic. You can be at home. We'll show right. you and you can still be in your scientific lab. And this caught fire when they sent this, all of a sudden it was being shared all around the enterprise to divisions that they had never worked with ever before. And they were inundated with calls. They wound up that the ABM campaign was so successful that it immediately brought in an incremental $500,000 us, uh, yeah. because of, because of these efforts. Right. I mean, and, and that's kind of the nice thing from I mean, thinking it from our perspective is it, it, that content creation is not actually difficult to do anymore. Uh, back in the day, 25 years ago, when the internet started, you didn't really have the software. You didn't have the means to do it. There's so much software to be able to do this stuff. Recording on a green screen. I did that the other day for Digital Olympus and just taking the green screen, you sort the video out, you put anything behind me. Uh, so potentially that's another, another groovy idea for us. Oh, let's have another idea. I'm, I'm having fun here. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, uh, one, so one thing that, uh, I like to do is I always like to think, what if we did the opposite? Okay. Ooh, so you're, hang on. Sorry. Sorry. You had to just <laughs> hold, hold that thought, hold that thought, but you sure. said turn the funnel upside down. I just wanted to point out, we had David Bain on a few weeks ago and he was talking about his pump and funnel model and it's brilliant. It's absolute genius. So if you want to watch that episode at some point, it's great. But Absolutely. we've now got the pump and funnel upside down, the funneling pump or something like that, which would be brilliant. So yeah. we're going to try to mix that with Katrina, mix the pump and funnel with the upside down funnel and see what comes out, which sounds slightly strange now. Anyway, off you go. <laughs> I love it. A remix. I love it. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so, so Jason, if you take the, uh, the framework, right, the thinking framework of what if we did the opposite? It's a fantastic way for you to explore lateral thinking and creative thinking and marketing innovation, something that your competitors never would have dreamed of doing. And I'll give you a good example. So at, uh, at the last agency that I was at prior to starting Stratabe, one of the things that uh, the company did was it would spend tens of thousands of dollars on each marketing conference or trade show. So we would spend $30,000, $50,000 US on each trade shows, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, uh, just to be attending these conferences. Now, what happens? You go to these conference, you're at the booth and you're talking with someone for about two minutes and then they go to the next booth and the next booth and the next booth and the next booth. <laughs> Guess who's in those booths? Your competitors. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's, 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 uh, it's not 
rocket science that this is not a good thing. <laughs> right. And uh, uh, that brings me to giving out T-shirts. I mean, we're talking about swag from Ahrefs. People love swag. I personally don't particularly get excited about it because everybody gives me a T-shirt. I end up with this big pile of T-shirts and I can't take them home with me because my rucksack's already full. Um, and from, from, from that perspective, you know, if somebody gave me something different or did something different, I would definitely be on board. So carry on with your story. I was just a comment about t-shirts and absolutely nobody asked me to make that comment. And please don't stop giving t-shirts because lots of people love it. <laughs> so, so, and I think that your example of, yeah, everyone giving out t-shirts is another example of everyone following best practices. They were told, oh, you have to give t-shirts because then they wear it and they remember your brand. Well, if everyone is doing the same exact thing, it's ineffective. It's just ineffective. Right. You're not going to drive a lot of leads. And that's why a lot of B2B marketers are frustrated because they, they're doing these things that, hey, I gave out all these t-shirts. Why aren't I getting leads? It's because everyone's doing it. And so it's very diluted. Your marketing is very diluted. And so what we did was we thought, well, what if we did the opposite? So a colleague and myself said, okay, instead of getting in front of thousands and thousands of marketers all at the same time at these big trade shows, these big conferences, what if we got in front of as few people as possible? But we had amazingly intense conversations with them, amazingly valuable conversations with them. Right. And so we were launching a Chicago office at the time. And so we said, let's capitalize on that opportunity. And so we rented out a room at the House of Blues, you know, music, it's lots of fun, lots of great food. And so we said, we'll rent out a room uh, and we'll invite people and we'll just talk with them. We'll just talk with them. And no competitors, no, we're not going to have 30 right. competitors right next to us giving out t-shirts. And, and so we did this. And the first event, we only got 10 people to show up. 10 marketers showed up. And Ooh, uh, isn't, that, isn't that the point at which people kind of think, oh, it's not really working. I'll give up. And in fact, you then say, let's keep doing it because it ends up becoming a thing. Well, well think about it. So let me, let me tell you what happened that evening. So we only had 10 people show up, show up. And yeah, you and, and maybe, maybe everyone listening is thinking, wow, that really sucks. That's really horrible. Um, but the reality is that we walked away with a seven figure contract from that, as well as a six right. figure contract from that massive, massive sales. Right. And then, so we did another one and we got a few more people. So it was a little better. And well, again, we walked away with a seven figure contract with a fortune 500 company. And so. We did the exact opposite of what anyone, any sane person would do. We were not very sane when we decided to do this, but we just said, let's do the opposite. And, and Jason, I, you know, internally at the company, there were certain people who were vehemently opposed to this. They said, it will never work. It will never work. It got so bad. They went to the CEO of the company to try and shut us down. And we said, right. no, we're doing it. We're, we're going to try anyway. And so we did it and it became the number one leads driver for the agency. So I was the 85th employee at the agency. We skyrocketed to over 700 employees in five years. And this was the number one way that we generated leads was these tiny, right. tiny little events. And, and yeah, I mean, to, to, to round all this up, um, the, the problem, you've just put your finger on the problem. If you're original. People don't want to do it because they're taking a risk with their job. Yes. Uh, they're, they're taking a risk of looking stupid or foolish in front of the boss. Just to finish up, how do you get around that? Oh, so you, you need to, to explain that you're just testing. It's not permanent. It's just a test, right? And, and if point. you frame it as a test, 
people are a bit more willing to give it a chance. So I, I would definitely frame it as a test and you're, you're, you're maintaining uh, the risk of costs, right? So okay. you're going to limit it to X number of dollars or whatever currency you're working with. Um, and, and you have to explain that to the top executives. Which is perfect. It, be creative, frame it at a test, limit the costs, limit the risk, show how brilliant you are, make a fortune for your company and become everybody's favorite friend within the company. Thank you so much, Tom. That was brilliant. You've given us lots of ideas, at least for me, and I hope to the audience as well. Thank you to everyone for joining us. We're going to introduce next week, which is the hundredth episode, as I said. Uh, I'm really, really excited. And I have a hundredth birthday cake here with two characters. And I was going to do an amazing animation. I'd written the scenario and everything, but I just haven't had time the last couple of weeks with everything that's going on. Uh, it's going to be with Carrie Rose, who's absolutely brilliant. And she's going to be talking about why SEO should be more reactive and short term. And before that, don't forget to submit your favorite knowledge nugget for the knowledge nugget competition. Uh, look on our social media channels for how to do that. And now, could you possibly pass the baton to Carrie, Tom? Absolutely. So Carrie is going to be an amazing guest. And I, if, if I can go this way and pass the baton to her. Uh, yeah. So, so everyone should definitely check out Carrie next week. Uh, you won't want to miss it. Brilliant. Wonderful. Thank you. So everybody submit your uh, favorite knowledge nugget so that we can choose a winner and we can announce it next week with Carrie. That's going to be absolutely amazing. Thank you so much, Tom, for today. I've learned absolutely about those. You get the outro song. A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Tom. That was a lot of fun. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jason. And thank you for singing. <laughs> it's a pleasure. I love singing. Give me any excuse. I will sing a song. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>